This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to a slightly late reaction podcast. Um, after game six, the Raptors eliminated the Washington Wizards by a score of 102 to 92. Uh, it was a delicious win, um, a very satisfying win, really changed the tone of the entire series. And joining me the morning after to discuss and mostly to slander uh, the Washington losers is um, Blake Murphy. Blake. What's going on, man? There's uh, there's nothing quite word, quite as bad as, you know, a, a night like last night and then you wake up and you got to talk to me in the morning. It's uh um, listen, tough, man. nothing's gonna really improve my uh, my migraine. So I think actually I think this might improve my migraine a little bit. Just thinking about the Raptors and the glorious uh, win they had. I mean, glorious. It's a ten point win that they didn't pull away until the fourth quarter. But no, but that was the part that was glorious. It was fun to see the Wizards collapse in the fourth quarter because what did we say coming into the series? Right, we were talking about how the Wizards are not clutch. Uh, you know, their stars really fade in the fourth quarter. The Wizards are everything people want to, to say the Raptors are. Oh, oh, my God. All right, let's just get right into it then. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, though, it was really fun to watch um, the Raptors play this game because I, I thought, in a way, I don't want to sound like Leo, but, like, in a way, I felt like the Raptors playing from behind was not necessarily a bad thing because, like, it keeps the urgency. It keeps exactly, and this team has always been better with a little bit of pressure on them, right? They're not plus, they're not front runners. They're just they're not good at holding a lead. Plus two, I think part part of it too is that um, they're they're all defense lineups when they're trying to hold the lead aren't very good overall lineups, right? So when they're playing close or playing tight, and Dwayne Casey rides the hot hand or um, whoever's you know playing the best and just playing the best overall, I think that's. That's conducive too, um, but yeah, I thought I thought the big thing in the fourth. You mentioned the Wall and Beal kind of wilting. Um, I don't know if it says much about them, but I think it says a lot that 
the Raptors were able to put Kyle Lowry back in with six minutes in the fourth, and he played 31 minutes on the night, and DeMar played 33 minutes, and, like, we've kind of talked it to death about their minutes load this year and their workload, and then, like, you kind of see a, a great snapshot of it in one game where, like, yeah, if you play eight to ten minutes less than the other stars, you're probably going to have a little extra juice in the tank. Yeah, for sure. This is where, like, you know, depth was really coming into um, play for the Raptors because, like, you know, the Wizards have no depth, and they lost some depth. I mean, they they had Jody Meeks suspended right before the eve of the playoffs. They added John, or they added um, Ty Lawson, which was actually a pretty nice addition for them, um, although not nice on uh, Friday because he, he got shut down by Fred. And we'll talk a lot about Fred, but, yeah, I mean, like, not having Otto Porter for this game, uh, he apparently had some, like, weird bleeding in his leg, and they needed to do a yeah, procedure. So- He's been dealing with a contusion for weeks, right. uh, but I guess they, they took an MRI and there was a blood buildup because blood wasn't flowing. So it's called compartment syndrome where if you don't get it taken care of and you can't release the tension in that area, like apparently you can lose a limb like oh, if it gets okay, really wow. bad because like blood flow just like stops. The buildup will just stop blood flow to key parts of the, uh, of the limb. So yeah, um, I was reading up on it and like I, I'm sure that's only in more extreme cases, but like the fact that he, the fact that they noticed it and he went for an extra MRI while playing through it is like probably a big deal. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. Um, I'm pretty sure John Wall and Bradley Beal are still mad at him though. <laughs> oh yeah. Wall's comments after the game were ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Ten minutes after the game ended, John Wall's like, "No." Nah, Great everyone, need, but me and Brad. <laughs> we need more help. <laughs> Yo, John. By the way, John Wall, 0-4 in the fourth quarter. Mm. Mm. Just four free throws. Two of those were very undeserved. Um, Bradley Beal, only two threes in the fourth. The two of them combined for a minus 27. Uh, and that's because both of them played the fourth quarter. And, like, that's the point about the depth, right? Like, the Raptors had depth to turn to. Um, whereas Washington, like, desperately went to their stars. And it just didn't work out for Scott Brooks. I don't think Scott Brooks should have put them in so early or maybe even staggered them a little bit. He only ended up staggering... Beal away from Wall for like a minute uh, in yeah, the fourth Beal, quarter. Yeah, Beal played the first possession of the fourth and then came out for Wall and then Beal came right back in. I just don't understand that substitution. <laughs> like, yeah, one possession of rest is not a yeah. not that much, I guess. But um, also, you know, look, we talked we've talked a lot about whether the five man bench unit could play in the playoffs, and it's not going to be that good every single time out. Obviously, uh, I think Dwayne Casey deserves a lot of credit for rolling it out there trusting them for that much time. And, like, Fred VanVleet hasn't played in weeks, and he just steps in. He's like, whatever, I'll be plus 12 in 15 minutes. It doesn't yeah. – don't don't worry about don't worry about Fred VanVleet. No, ne- you never have to worry about Fred VanVleet, man. You just never have to worry about this dude. And, look, the stat line kind of lies about him a little bit because, you know, he shot one of five from deep. But at least two of those were, like, desperation heaves um, in, during broken possessions. But for the most part – I thought the parts where uh, Van Vliet really excelled was, one, he like he was a very good floor general. He didn't turn the ball over, which is something that he just did a, a really good job of throughout the season. But the Raptors only had six turnovers. And, like, all series we've said that if the Raptors just limit their turnovers and get a good shot on, on offense and get back on defense, Washington's half-court offense is not good enough to beat them. They could so, only score with a head of steam. Exactly, exactly, right? And Van Vliet did a good job of just, you know, keeping the second unit in check. And I also felt like he just brought a lot of confidence to the team. I mean, like, immediately when he checked in in the second quarter, the Raptors went on a 13-4 run. Uh, and they eventually gave someone that back, 
before the starters came back in. But like Van Vliet was, you know, instrumental in that in that time, and especially the fact that he was able to perform, I felt like gave some of these guys confidence. I mean, he found Siakam with this beautiful alley oop feed, and Siakam with a great finish, very athletic. Um, Van Vliet also had a, a pull up jumper uh, in, in in that second quarter there, and and also like just. You know, in the fourth quarter, Van Vliet, like, he hit a three to tie the game, which is big. Uh, he was open. He hit it. It was, it was a good look. Uh, he found Pascal. He, like, I just thought Van Vliet just did a good job of corralling loose balls, which was also an issue for the Raptors, largely throughout this game when they gave up so many offensive rebounds. But, um, you know, he corralled a loose ball, and, uh, you know, he found Pascal for a streaking, uh, you know, and one layup. He didn't finish a free throw, but he did get fouled pretty hard by Wall. Um but, um, yeah, I mean, look, I just think Van Vliet, like, he came back and everything else made sense about the Raptors because the bench unit really didn't make sense with just Alon Wright operating and even with Lowry with the bench a little bit, um, that still wasn't as good because, like, you know, it was overextending Lowry. With Van Vliet back, he buys Lowry some rest. Lowry was great in the fourth quarter. And the rest of the bench unit, you know, they just kind of followed suit. It's great to have their leader back. Yeah, there were great quotes after the game. Eric Green had a good piece at the Athletic, kind of talking to guys about what Fred does for them. And um, Dwayne Dwayne Casey joked after at the podium about you know telling Pascal like basically what you can only play well when Fred's out there. Um, and then after the game, Pascal I forget the exact quote, but it was basically like Fred completes me, and Fred completes <laughs> the second unit, and it was it was very sweet. It was um, very sweet. Yeah, it's just to to our earlier point about Washington's transition attack, just because I don't I. I understated how the effectiveness of their half-court offense, but they were eighth in half-court offense um, of all 16 playoff teams through this series, and they were number one off of live rebounds. So yeah. you take better shots, you get back in transition, you cut down on turnovers. You know, they were uh, – that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's the ball game. You know, it's a big difference. And, look, this is the playoffs, right? So, like, every little eight-minute stretch by Norman Powell where he comes in and takes a bad shot, like – like all that matters, and like Van Vliet, or in Game Five when he when he came in and wasn't bad, and he right, just kind of right. held even. Like that's, right. that's even those minutes are huge. But that's that's just you're just praying that Norm just comes in and just keeps shit even, right? Like Van Vliet actually came in and, and swung the game. I mean, like the fact that he was a plus twelve, like he was part of the Raptors' two biggest runs in the second and fourth quarters, and um, you know, and that and he really did pick up for an, an otherwise slow start for Demar Derozan, who was only six of eighteen, and um, you know. Dwayne Casey, I thought, made a great move to just keep DeMar on the bench, chilling in the fourth quarter until, like, three minutes left, and the Raptors were already up eight, nine points. Um, you know, the bench unit actually had swung a five-point deficit at the start of the fourth quarter and got the lead. And I thought it was great that Casey, you know, rode that lineup um, throughout most yeah. of the game. And, he, you know, he kept Van Vliet out there. Ultimately, he subbed out Van Vliet for DeMar. Um, but, you know, I, I thought... Dwayne did a great job of coaching this game, and also Dwayne went back to Valanciunas to close yeah. the game. That was great, and JD yeah, was thought, great. J, I thought, yeah, I thought Valanciunas being able to play with the bench unit in the second quarter too, when Pirtle had fouls, so they didn't have to either get Pirtle in deeper foul trouble or go to Bebe. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was big. That was big. Obviously, the, the, their first half was not super effective, but the second quarter they managed to kind of hang around and not let Washington pull ahead a little bit. And Balanchu just being out there with the bench, he doesn't fit stylistically at all, but it was, it was pretty solid. And man, it's funny, you, I think sometimes, I don't know about the collective we, but 
I, coming into the season at least, maybe underrated chemistry a little bit. And you see it like when DeLon Wright and Jonas are on the floor together. You can tell that they haven't played a lot together. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kyle, Kyle and Jonas Valanciunas, or, and even now, DeMar and, and Jonas Valanciunas have a, a bit more pick and roll chemistry. Like DeLon just doesn't quite find the spots, but I thought they played pretty well together there. Van Vliet obviously found him for the one, like, one-handed, tough lob finish, and, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was good. Marching Gortat with two points in 31 minutes. Love to see that. Yep. Yeah, I thought JV's defense today was, was yeah. last night, I guess, was phenomenal, man. I yeah, mean, like, there were a couple times Wall drove into him and the verticality was there. Yep, yep. No, I mean, look, the growth of JV is 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 just it's, has been so fun to watch, like, all season. Um, and, you know, like, obviously he had that breakout performance in – well, not even breakout. He's been really good in the whole series, but, like – Yeah, he was just what he is. The game four was the only game, I thought, where he didn't play that well. That's true, yeah. But, I mean, like, in the fifth – like, in the in game five, he really had his moment to shine when – Oh, yeah. That, you know, he, he's turned to in the end of the game, and, you know, he got a lot of love, and deservedly so. And I think that that should earn him more confidence and more leeway going forward. It, you know, especially on nice when Serge Ibaka shoots three of ten. I mean, good lord. Wait, Sir, Serge Ibaka played? <laughs> Yo, my, the funniest oh. moment was uh, the Raptors were, like, making a push in the third quarter, and they're only down three, and <laughs> Serge was like, all right, I'm going to take this pull-up three-pointer. Oh, man. I mentioned, that in my, <laughs> I mentioned that in my recap at Raptors Republic. Just, like, oh. it was their first opportunity to take a lead the entire uh-huh. game, and that's yeah. the shot that they got. And at, at the time, I was like, this is not a good omen. Like, you finally could take a lead, and it's an Ibaka pull-up three. Um, also, with Ibaka, I find it hilarious that Markeith Morris was talking the most trash after this series is over about how the better team didn't win. Markeith Morris, you couldn't outplay half a surge Ibaka. Ibaka showed up for a couple games in this series, and you guys basically played even. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, this is all the Wizards do. Like, all the, you know, it's, it's actually really funny to see all of them talk afterward after you have the win because you can just like look down on them and laugh at them because like you got Kelly Oubre saying like oh I'm gonna come back from the dead and kill you and then he ha- he goes off for three points <laughs> one of seven shooting after getting the start you have four more fouls and points I'm so happy that oh. DeLon said to- I-, I was worried that after DeLon got that block that that'd be it and DeLon wouldn't mention it and he would just let that speak for it because he's such a, a nice kid yeah a uh, kid he turned 26 the other day <laughs> still a kid it's fine he's like um, six months older than me but yeah, so I thought, I thought that was, it was nice that he, uh, you know, he put the tweet out there. Kyle yep. Kuzma putting the tweet out there for yep. him. And then, you know, he had said, he kind of, at practice, when we asked him about it, he was just like, basically like, okay, well, we'll see in game six. And then as he walked away, he kind of muttered. He was like, I'll have a quote for you after game six. Um, <laughs> and then for him to call that the highlight of the series. Yo, that's uh, that, that's really crazy. funny to hear from too, because like that was definitely not the highlight of the series for the no. right? He had so many good games in the series, man. He, he had his first career alley oop dunk. Yes, that's, that's the highlight. Also, he shot forty seven percent on threes. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Like, the Raptors overall shot great from three in, in the series. I mean, everyone yeah, except for his... forty forty one percent. Yeah, Demar, I thought shot like I don't know what he what he what he Demar Demar was thirty eight percent. Even Abaco shot forty three percent. That one's Which, shocking to me. <laughs> I can't believe it. So the only the only player who took threes and didn't shoot well were um, basically the the depth pieces like Van Vliet, Lorenzo Brown, and Norman Powell are the only guys who didn't shoot at least thirty eight percent. That's crazy in the series. Other than oh, Pirtle missed that one 
three at the end of a clock last night too. Yeah, the Raptors' offense I thought wasn't like necessarily the best last night, but I mean the fact that they just didn't turn the ball over was, was yeah. Huge. That I, happens sometimes with the second unit, right? It's like right. even with Fred out there, sometimes they pound the ball into the ground, and you have a lot of like Delon tries to create, they have to reset. Fred tries to create. It's just a lot of portal screening and kind of hoping the defense makes a mistake. And the way Washington was guarding CJ all series, like they were face guarding him and sometimes doubling him on the perimeter if Kyle wasn't out there with him. Like the yeah. fact that Miles shot 39% on threes and got five a game off with the way Washington was defending him, I thought was, I know people didn't think Miles had the best series outside of, outside of games just one and really two. really up and down. Yeah. He's a three point shooter, man. Three point yeah. specialists are up and down. Not everyone can be JJ Redick and Kyle Corbett. Yeah. I think. Just like CJ had thirty points in the first two games, and he yeah. was phenomenal in those first two games. He had eight threes, and afterwards he only hit four threes for the rest of the series. And like that's that's what the up and down comes down to. Yeah. But I mean, like you know, that's that's we understand that that's what CJ brings to the team. Like he's just yeah. kind of a spark piece. But um, and, and guess what? As long as he has one, look, I know, I know. Obviously, you always always want a guy to make his threes because it's killer when he doesn't. But the fact that he shot 31 over six games and the fact that he did have two games where he was really hot, that's the kind of, like, there's a difference between hitting your threes and providing spacing. Mm-hmm. And as long as Miles is shooting them and has one or two of those games in a series, the spacing is there. And, like, you see it. If you go back and watch some of these possessions, the pick and roll has so much more room to operate because no one will take their eyes off of Miles. And there were, right. uh, I thought in the fourth quarter of game five, even, the Raptors got really creative with, running a lot of Lowry Miles stuff off the ball. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can't you have to have two guys dialed into that. So an entire side of the floor can't help. And you yeah. can't really do that with a with a guy who doesn't have the trigger that Miles has. So even though he you know, I mean still thirty nine percent of the series is fine. Obviously there were up and down games, but I still think he offensively at least provided the value that he needs to provide. Yeah. And in game six he had that huge momentum shifting three yeah. Um, coming down in transition. I'm not yeah, sure who found, I think one, DeLon yeah. found him. Um, that was actually kind of a delayed fast break because there was kind of a botched pass. Otherwise, I thought Siakam was going to get a dunk. Yeah, a momentary and Miles was kind of behind the play. And... Yeah, that's Miles, though. You know, the rest of the bench, you know, they're all young. They're all, they're all just streaking ahead. And then there comes CJ Miles, just like, yeah, I'm just going to chill. And it's like, oh, I'm open for three. Bang. Yeah. Uh, also, Miles had 11 free throw attempts in this series, and it's so weird mm-hmm. to see your one of your three-point shooters getting to the free throw line once in a while. Like, imagine Damari Carroll, Patrick Patterson, or Terrence Ross getting 11 there's, free throws in a series. There's, there's just no way. But I mean, and like, this is this is the lowest of bars. That's fewer than two free throw attempts a game, and it still seems substantial. I get, but I thought, like, you know, as much as CJ didn't score well from like most of the series, I thought, like, he did make adjustments to to drive to the rim a couple of yeah. times like he drove to the rim against Bradley Beal uh in game 6 and, and had a tough finish but i mean like that's the kind of stuff you have to do i'm not saying that he's going to need to drive a lot cuz like realistically i've seen enough of driving from CJ where if, if yeah. he isn't able to just like dunk he's it, his like little push shots he doesn't have much touch on those but, but even early in game in the fourth quarter of game 5 he drove twice and had right. a pair of dump offs for Pirtle. Yeah, exactly. And that drew fouls, and then and then he attacked one time, or he cut to the rim after Pearl came out, and it was the the Lowry with him. One of those Lowry Miles actions got him like a nice cut to the rim, and um, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. It was good. It's. I, I apologize that we're focusing so much on CJ no, Miles. Right. It was just kind of okay in the series. But. No, no, but I mean, like that's kind of the point, right? Like, if this is the thing with the Raptors, like the supporting pieces have to actually draw attention, and I think. 
you know, as much as we, if we look at the bigger picture, as much as we think about like the culture change and everything and how much that's, you know, has to do with Colin Lamar changing the way they play and, and Dwayne Casey sort of, you know, doing what he's doing, like a lot of the, the culture changes also just that the Raptors have a lot like more capable supporting pieces, right? And like as much as CJ struggled, like, like you mentioned earlier, the Wizards always covered him. And if you have one guy that's getting covered that hard and there's, he's drawing that much attention, like, that's a positive, uh, piece for your offense. And the Raptors are able to, to leverage that into points. And, you know, and you look at the rest of the supporting cast. I mean, Pascal was phenomenal in game six. Um, you know, five of six shooting for 11 points, eight rebounds, three offenses. The defense on wall. The defense on wall, dude. The defense on Bradley Beal when he like there was like that I don't know some sort of weird switch happened and it was like a Beal Gortat pick and roll guarded by Pirtle and Siakam and Siakam comes down and chases down Beal's drive to the rim and he was also he blocked Mike Scott finally which like thank God like please him and Jonas both blocked Mike Scott in the same possession it was just like finally Mike Scott is not a thing anymore yeah what did Mike Scott finally Mike Scott I don't know he, fin- three he finished seven. the minus how though. yeah <laughs> he's still and one of one of those shots was like. Full on, late in the shot clock, yeah. summer workout hoodie mellow, like one legged fade away at the elbow, and it still drops. He's, Mike Scott's gonna get paid. He's gonna get paid, and not Good. by the Hopefully Wizards. Hopefully, he gets too. paid in the Western Conference. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, he's not getting paid by the Wizards because they already have the fifth highest payroll. But um, yeah. um, get, get all the way out of a potential playoff series with the Raptors again, yeah. Mike Scott. Seriously, man. If he signs with the, the Chicago Bulls, we're, we're, we're definitely fucked. But um, it's over. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, look, the whole supporting cast was 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 was, was nice. You know, I, I still want Jacoperto to find his rhythm a little bit. Yeah, he's he's, he's the only guy that I came out of that series pretty worried with. Yeah, but I mean, what are you really gonna do? Like, <laughs> I thought in this series, like there was that one like moving screen, like I was that was was I was either on him or JV, um, but like you know, like it's just. I, I, I don't know, man. The Raptors just weren't really allowed to screen in the same way that, like, Gortat was in this series. And I think it really just confused Pirtle because, like, that's, like, half of his offense is just him yeah. setting screens. The other half is getting put back into little dumb finishes. But In terms of what you do, um, I don't – like, he's obviously going to have a role still. Yeah, for uh, sure. If you were to draw Cleveland in the next round, maybe even Indiana with how they use Sabonis as a center off the bench – um, that might be the spot you tighten the rotation and his minutes come down from 16 to like 10 or 12 or something like that. Um, if you're tightening things up, just because you, you know, either of the second round opponents are the type of opponent you might try to go a little bit small against. Um, not that you need to, because again, as we've talked about, the Raptors have been good big all year, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I don't, I'm not really messing with the Abaka Pirtle front court against no, please. either Cleveland or Indiana, I don't think. Please let, let that thing just die, man. Let that thing just die. But uh, all right, let's 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 look back on this game and, and hand out three stars. I think we could pretty confidently give Kyle Lowry the first star: twenty-four yes. points, six rebounds, six assists. Uh, By the way, if you're still getting off Kyle Lowry wasn't good in this series takes because dude. he only had eleven points in Game Three. I honestly don't know what sport you're watching if you don't think Kyle Lowry had a tremendous. Wait, who who was it? Was it Andrew Sharp that wrote that? Well, he wrote it after Game 5 that Kyle Lowry was being neutralized. But even last night, I tweeted something about Lowry, and people were in my mentions about about how he wasn't that good. Uh, Kyle Lowry, not only a plus 8.9 net rating when he was on and minus 13.6 when he was off for the team, uh, 60% true shooting, and he averaged what? What did he end up averaging? I'm on totals here. That's not – he averaged 17 points, 5 rebounds, over 8 assists, and 2 steals. Yeah. 
And he shot 44% on threes and had 60% true shooting. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't understand how much better you can do with this. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at, I'm looking at. And he up. spent, he spent his entire time, 36 minutes a game, guarding Bradley Beal or John Wall. Yeah. And he did a great job of guarding Bradley Beal, man. I don't know what more someone could have wanted from Kyle Lowry in this series unless they wanted him to just start chucking. Yeah. yeah. What is this piece, man? The Raptors are still the Raptors. They're not. They're not. They're not still the Raptors. I mean, like, look, as much as we want to sign to the Wizards, this is a very playoff-proven team, all right? They yeah, they're have good, ne- man. They've this never the lost in the first Exactly. They've never lost in the first round. The Raptors just came in and, and took care of business in six games. Like that's they, what we they all were predicted. And, they were eleven and two at home in the playoffs during that run, and had won yeah. eight in a row at home in the playoffs. Yeah, and look, this is the thing, man. The the goalposts really change on the Raptors. Like, of course they really, do. Really, really change, right? Because coming into the series, it was like, all right, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. The Wizards are gonna give them a tough run, five or six games, easily, maybe even seven. And you even got some people saying the Raptors are gonna be upset. And then after the series is done, it's like, oh, wow, look at them. They, they needed five or six games to win the series. I'm like, yo, what are you saying? Yo, you just said it. Like, yeah, they just won the goalposts, where, like, where, like, if Washington had drawn Boston, Washington would have been the trendiest upset pick in the playoffs. Of course. Of course. Now, look, I, all of that said, Washington is better than a typical eight seed. Of course. Stati- statistically, the Raptors, as dominant as they were in the first round, should not have struggled with any eight seed anyway. Um, so I don't, I think this, this series fell within the, like, the range of expected outcomes for me. I thought game four was the only game where, that I was, like, really upset about. Um, game three was, game three, I don't know, man, sometimes series have a game like that. Sometimes you're just bad, bad one night. Yeah. But game they, four was the only one where it was, where you could even make the argument, like, oh, same old Raptors. Yeah, and that was literally the only one, man. That's the thing. Yeah. That was the only one. And look, the series was competitive, but like, this is the playoffs, man. No one's, blo- unless you're like the, the shameless Timberwolves or something like that, you're not getting blown out. You're just not. Unless you have Damian Lillard at point guard, you're, you're not fouling out without a fight. <laughs> the new trash bros, Dame Lillard and just Dame oh, Lillard. Okay. CJ was actually fun in that series. Um, okay, so Kyle Argus, our first star. Second star, um, JV probably. 14. Probably 12. JV, yeah. Yeah. Also, JV came in in the fourth quarter and grabbed like every single offensive rebound. Dude, the, this team's rebounding rate with and without Valanciunas in this series was ludicrous. Yeah, it really was. They grabbed fifty four percent of rebounds, all rebounds when he was on the floor, and forty six percent when he was off. Yeah, that is enormous. It would help if Serge Ibaka could, you know, grab the basketball, or if anyone helped out Jakob Pertle when Pertle goes to contest at the rim. Nah. No, everyone's just too concerned with trying to streak out in transition. Yeah. Yeah, no, JV was great. JV was great. I mean, we talked about his defense at the rim, um, you know, his pick and rolls, like, consistently when the Raptors run pick and roll with JV, they've gotten great stuff. Um, they've really cut down on that, forcing the pass to JV. Only one of them today, um, when Lowry tried to find JV early in the first, probably first quarter, um, which the Raptors did not play well in the first quarter. Like, they got outscored, you know, 30 to 20, but I mean, like the Raptors were able to immediately flip that thanks to Van Vliet, and yeah, yeah, man, JV was good. JV was good, and he should, especially when Ibaka's playing like this, man. Like he <laughs> should really close games. Um, All right, I'm torn on third star. Okay, because obviously, narratively, and the boost he gave, yeah, Fred Van Vliet is a good fit, but yeah. Pascal Siakam was really, really good too. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Well, let's just we can we just split that. It's fine. We don't have to decide between the two. And there's lots of love to go around, man. Fred Van Vliet can get some love for his leadership 
and Pascal Siakam gets some love for the fact that he's man, he outscored John Wall in the fourth quarter. <laughs> um, also, like the timing of Siakam playing what I thought were you know the, the, his back half of the series was significantly better than his front half. Right. Uh, depending on who the Raptors draw in the next round, could be a big Siakam series. So pretty good to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, look, Siakam, 11 points tonight, uh, 8 rebounds, 5 of 6 shooting, uh, a crazy alley finish, a mid-range jumper, which I don't think we saw all season. Yeah, he had a little 12-footer. That was like that rookie, that was a rookie Pascal Siakam move right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, it was overall a really fun series, uh, a really fun Do we game. have to give a Gerald Henderson award? Yeah, that's the thing. This is tough. I guess we have to give it to Mark Eve. Now, I'm giving it to Otto Porter because... Wow. All, all the people who thought he was bad all series, you see what it looks like when he's not there. Wow. Now, Markeith yeah, Mark had 15 rebounds, man. That one didn't make any sense, man. Also, Markeith tried to, like, punk the Raptors, and then, like, he went over to the Raptors' bench to talk yeah. shit to OG. So, like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing so, in Washington? What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> I want to know your thoughts on this because I saw a commenter uh, on the recap was pretty mad that none of the Raptors, like, stepped to Markeith for stepping to OG. And I get that. But, on the, on the one hand, you don't want to get a suspension as you're about to win a series because Markeith will just laugh at you because he's going home for the summer. Um, and two, I kind of feel like the Raptors just like, it's not really they didn't protect OG, they just like are not concerned about OG, like they just trust that he would take care of it if he needed it and that it's not going to get in his head at all. Yeah. I don't know, like maybe, maybe Ibaka should have done something because he, he did literally <laughs> nothing else in that game. Yeah, I was actually kind of hoping Ibaka fought Marquee for that game. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, look, OG's a big kid. He, he can handle himself. It's it's not an issue. Um, him stepping over to the entire bench, there's just no need to actually get into anything because at that point you're giving up text. Yeah. Um, you just let this man talk. That's all okay. Like, this the whole thing with the Wizards. Just let him talk. Let him try to, like, you know, embarrass themselves with all these big quotes or whatever. Like, you know. The, the Raptors did a good job of keeping it out of the media, but... They were talking a lot of trash in that series as well. No, of course. Like, like, how every, not? every time they showed the Raptors bench, they were all in John Wall's ear or Bradley Beal's yeah. ear. I'm sure there was a little bit of them yelling at Otto Porter that none of his teammates trust him, and they're trying to replace you, Paul George. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. Yo, honestly, man, I, I, you could just tell how much the Wizards hate each other, and like, I think that manifests in them like yelling at the other team and John Wall like pump like smacking his chest and Bradley Beal. Like, there was a play where Bradley Beal scored in the fourth quarter, then flopped trying to like deny the inbound, then got up and then like put his hands up like he did something. I'm like, yo, relax, like <laughs> just relax yourself, man. You did nothing. <laughs> um, and that's that's the whole Wizards experience. Like Ubre talking shit, Markeith talking shit, Gortat. Uber, I don't Talking get, shit. man. If Uber, I was that good-looking, man. If I was that good-looking, man, I would never say anything to anyone. Exactly. And no one no one could tell me nothing. Exactly. Bro, here's the thing. I knew Kelly Uber wasn't really about that life when after what game 1 or 2, there was that video of Drake calling him a bum during yeah. the game and someone asked him about it afterwards and Uber's response was, "Ah, oh, that's my guy, you know. It's just an honor to be in the same conversation as him." He's like, "Really? Really? <laughs> that's what yeah. you had to say?" He's like, "Yeah." We're on the A-list together in the summer. Nobody even knows who you are, Kelly. What are you doing? What are you doing? This man got punked by Kelly uh, Olenek in, in, in last year's playoffs, man. Um, yeah, I mean, every, everybody on this team talking shit, though. Even Jason Smith. Jason Smith didn't even play a single second in the series and he was talking shit. I thought I confused Jason Smith for a coach multiple times at shoot-arounds. Yeah. I was like, man, they got some young coaches. Oh, 
oh, Jason Smith just isn't working out today because that's he not, knows he's never getting into this series. Yeah, that's not Scott McCullough. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, should we look ahead? Do you to the yeah. Sunday's game well, seven? I mean, well, we could, we could. I mean, I can just ask quickly, like, who would you rather play? I don't know, man. I'm torn. I'm not that torn. I'm like, not that torn. <laughs> look, as someone, as someone whose income depends on the Raptors going further, uh-huh. I want the Pacers. Yeah, exactly. As someone who wants good content and doesn't want to hear if the Raptors make a deep run, how they didn't beat LeBron to do it, um, and who also kind of thinks the Raptors could beat LeBron anyway, so it's not crazy. I don't know, man. I'm torn. Yeah, I very, I very much in general, I don't like the, I don't like the whole like, oh, you, you hope for an injury on the other team, or you hope that a team gets knocked out early. Like I, I feel like you should have, to, I feel like you should want to play the best teams on the way. Um, if like, obviously you you play whoever's put in front of you, but I don't, I don't think it's a good thing or good sign about your confidence level if you're hoping for the worst team and hoping for an upset. Um, not that Indiana's bad. Indiana's been really good all year, and they're a feisty team, and they'll be a tough matchup. But um, I don't know, man. I'm on the fence because I know I know wishing for LeBron is really risky, and it'll look really it could look really really stupid after. Um, but I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. Yeah, I'm not that conflicted. Um, I want to see the Pacers, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just it's a matter of ceiling, right? Like I already feel like the Pacers are. This is the Pacers playing at their ceiling. And quite honestly, they're playing better than the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers the just have a higher ceiling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The Raptors, the Raptors are, are beating the Pacers. the Pacers. It's it's not. I would have less fear in the Pacers than I would in the Wizards. And that's nothing against the Pacers, man. They had they played phenomenal. And you, in like you look at what Thad Young's doing defensively. You look at Victor Oladipo finally waking up. Although he's, I mean, whatever. Victor Oladipo's really just had a nice season, and he's he's been up and down in the playoffs, but he's had some great moments, including dunking he's, on LeBron. He's tough, man. And and OG's yeah. done a. OG's done a pretty decent job on him, but we'll have to... Uh, Old Depot, I think, only had one really good game against the Raptors in the four meetings. Right, right. And we completely shut him down in the last yeah. meeting. I mean, we shut down all of the, the Pacers. I think the Pacers had, like, 77 points. But, like, um, yeah, I, I'm just not as concerned because their offensive ceiling isn't as high. And if you look at Cleveland right now, like, a lot of their shooters are not scoring. And I'm not saying that these shooters are great shooters or anything like that, right? Like... Um, you know, when everyone was saying, like, wow, they changed the whole team and, like, Kobe Allman deserves executive of the year consideration. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. But, like, at the same time, like, who did you really get? Like, Rodney Hood is just not that good. He's yeah, not. George, George Hill can't get healthy. Yeah, and then, like, you know, then you have Jordan Clarkson, who's just straight up a bad player. Like, I just didn't think he's a good player whatsoever. Yeah. Jose Calderon has faded in the playoffs. Tristan Thompson doesn't how, play. How dare Dude, their second leading scorer is Kevin Love with 11 points, and he's shooting 32% from the field because he's got, like, a thumb injury, man. Like, it's LeBron at 33, then Kevin Love at 11, Kyle Korver at 9, and then, like, 8, 8, 7. And, like, you know, you know, having said all that, though, like, the fact that a lot of these guys aren't shooting well really does scare me. Like, George Hill shooting 33%, LeBron shooting 32% from deep, you know, J.R. Smith 30%, Jose Calderon 27 Like, you know, some of that's going to come back. Rodney Hood shooting 16%. I don't know if that one comes back. <laughs> He's just Terrence Ross, man. I, I just I don't I, I don't get the fascination with Rodney Hood, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think the, the Cavaliers have better shooters, uh, and you know it'd be more dangerous to defend that. But ultimately, the Raptors look like a better team than either of those teams right now. So not yeah. too concerned either way. 
Yeah, and I think that's the that's the right attitude to take into it. I uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, it should be fun either way. It should be fun either way. All right, Blake. It's also more likely I travel for Cleveland than Indiana, so maybe. Oh, I'm, you're not trying to go to Indiana? I don't. I don't know if I'm traveling at all. Oh. Um, but Cleveland is drivable, so. How far that's is a Indiana? big, like eight nine hours. You you just you and Alex can split that, man. Yeah, but it's like it's also lost work time, right? It's not just the oh, the true. time in the car. It's like like in the Eastern Conference Finals, Alex and I greyhounded down to Cleveland because like with the thinking being. You could work on the bus because it's got Wi-Fi. Right. It didn't really, uh, didn't really work out that way. It's but. only an eight-hour drive, Blake. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's, it's, not the, it's, it's eight not hours great. of lost work time, yeah, especially with no extra days off. Like there, every day is a practice here, day or game day. So. Yeah. All right. For your sake, I hope it's Cleveland, but also for the Raptors' sake, I hope it's Indiana. Yeah, I don't have a strong preference. There, there you go. I'm just trying to psych myself up in the event that. LeBron wins. Oh, man, I don't want to see LeBron. I just don't want to see LeBron. But, I mean, yeah. seriously, this is the weakest team he's had in, in a long time. Anyway, Blake, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. All right. Let's go, Raptors. We'll, the weekly pod will be devoted to a series preview. and That series will be decided, obviously, on Sunday. So that podcast will either come on Sunday night or Monday morning. Uh, and, you know, the reaction pod will be back on Tuesdays. So, or Tuesday for game one. So, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, 10 things came out also late. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, like it just wasn't feeling great. But, um, this podcast did trip me up, Blake. Thank you. Good, man. I'm glad to hear it. Alright, peace. <sighs> Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.